All right, we've got another coffee with the superintendent and we're getting one step closer yep. to actually enjoying our beverages of choice. Absolutely, we're in person. We're in person. Uh, can't see your smiling face, but yeah. we'll get there soon. Um, got a few questions, of course, from the uh, school board meeting. I am enjoying being able to come back mm -hmm. afterwards and ask about these. It's great. Uh, I've got to laugh. There is nothing here that I can recall about COVID. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? It's <laughs> yeah, a, I was like, hey, this is really cool stuff. It's a, it, it, it really is reminiscent of, I think I told you a couple sessions ago, that once we get kids back, it's amazing how, how much more normal it seems just being able to have conversations about the stuff we were all trained to do, which is educate kids. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> It was like, oh, this is really nice. I, I, I don't know. Oh, I do have a question that's not on here that I really was curious about. Mm -hmm. uh, you've had a chance to meet this week with the health officials one or two times. Any updates? I guess we do have a COVID question. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll let you live on that one. <laughs> okay, any, any fun updates anywhere on that? No, there's a lot of rumor. There's a lot okay. of innuendo. There's a lot of people talking about stuff. Um, the only thing I can say for sure about any movement of phasing or anything like that is that we were told yesterday that the State Department of Health and Labor and Industries may give us new guidance okay. in the middle of April. Ah, okay. So it, once again, it's everybody gets excited and then hurry up and wait. Uh. So. Marine Corps in its finest for my life. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right, well, darn, I almost did it, but I, I remembered you were talking about that at, at uh, another location. So I figured, gotta ask it. Absolutely. All right, so first question is the ESD communication contract. Yes. It was in the consent agenda and then it was brought up in the community uh, comment section. Um, you mentioned guidelines for social media and general press. I was curious, what are some of those guidelines and also why are they important? Well, and, and the guidelines piece I think is, <coughs> excuse me, is probably one of the lesser pieces, um, but it, it, it's kind of one of those situations where it's not the biggest part of the job, but sometimes it's the most important part. Um, for instance, anytime that, that the school is putting out messaging, um, we have to always take into account public disclosure laws and regulations. So for instance, public money cannot be used um, to, promote, um, to promote things like the levy or, or anything like that uh, because we're publicly funded so we can't right. use tax dollars to promote stuff. Okay. Um, the other thing is around, for instance, um, a lot of people don't realize that not every parent necessarily wants their kid's picture put in the newspaper after a football game. Right. Um, and so we constantly have to be checking and aware of any, any um, statements by parents who say, look, uh, my, my kids are turning out, but we can't have them named in the paper. We can't have them named on social media. We can't, you know, these different situations that come up and so it's a person who's stepped in the the very subtle nuances around some of that because the regulations depending on whether it's a print newspaper if it's video if it's social media 
they all have little intertwining layers to them and we quite frankly we don't have anyone on staff who's an expert in in those types of things and 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 i'll assume they update almost as regular as anything else it's yep constant absolutely it's a constant update for any of those types of things anytime a court case goes through um, there's a chance that that our direction could change as a result of that court case so it's someone to really keep tabs on that as well as to put into place you know how many of us uh, either through our work or at home or in a hobby have a website or right well you know there are plenty of companies out there where you can you can pay them money and and they'll create a website for you well the, the problem is, is we have a higher level responsibility as a public agency, again, to put out information that's correct, that's true, but also easy to use. And right. I don't know about you, I certainly don't know computer coding. Um, I don't know how to get in there and make a, a picture uh, look better than, than it does just when I take it on my phone. <laughs> so yeah. we need experts in that area. Now, what you'll find is the, the bigger districts in the Tri-City area across the state, frankly, and across the nation, all employ a communication director as part of their central office. Well, Benton City isn't big enough. But the difference between our budget and a Pasco or a Kennewick or a Richland is huge. But if yeah. you look at our websites, if you look at our social media, there's not as much difference. We still have the exact same needs as a bigger district does. So this was simply a way for us to get access to that expertise that a communication person has at a fraction of the cost. Okay. Um, quite frankly, it's a win-win for everybody because uh, we now have a person who's highly educated in communications, graphic design, and the laws regulating those things, as well as as regulations from the state and and we don't have to write a huge check um, because those are those are individuals if, if your kids are still looking for a major and they're going into college you know communications is one of those areas especially in the in the the social media world right now where you can make a very good living doing that kind of a thing um, so we were just fortunate that we were able to piggyback with a service that much like other services we we get through the ESD part of the cost is defrayed because we're one of many schools that are that are utilizing the same person for many of the okay, same so purposes. There, it's a they're a part of a larger group as well yeah the the person that that we've contracted with her name is molly curtis and she has worked under contract with royal city she's worked under contract uh, fairly recently with finley school district all right um, and a lot, of the, the, a lot of the reason the ESD exists in general, not just her job, but the ESD uh, as, a, as a philosophy and as a group, the whole point is to help smaller school districts um, with employees that they can't fill on their own. There are a lot of school districts that contract okay. with the ESD, for instance, with a special ed teacher. Because in a, in a school the size of, we'll say, a Prescott or a Waitsburg, where they may not have enough kids to be able to afford a full-time teacher, they can contract with the ESD to, to purchase a half a teacher or a third of a teacher's time. Oh, okay. Which is why sometimes you'll see teachers that work between districts because they rotate amongst the schools in their ESD. Okay, that makes sense. And I'm about to ask a really stupid question. I've been doing this for a couple of years with you now, and I don't know what ESD means or stands for. 
Yep, ESD <laughs> is Educational Service District. Okay, it's <laughs> like, because I remember it being attached to uh, the special needs or mm -hmm. department, and I was like, oh, it must relate to that. But when it came to this contract, I'm like, okay, now I don't know. So, yep. okay, good. Now I know what they're, and they do, they must do a whole, if they're doing communications and that, they must cover all sorts of stuff. Yeah, uh, it, it really is, if you look at any school system, they have a piece of virtually every type of thing you would find in a normal school system. You know, back, um, I'm gonna say 20 plus years ago, the ESD was located in Walla Walla. Well, the reason it was located in Walla Walla was they looked around at where most of the small schools, and by small, I mean considerably smaller than right. Benton City. Or Roosevelt. Um, yeah, you had the Wastebergs and the Daytons and Starbuck and, and Dixie still has a school. Well, none of those schools on their own can afford many of the services, but the ESD could contract with all of them to provide a person to provide services for multiple districts. Okay, that makes sense. Then as, as demographics started changing, uh, they, quite frankly, I think the, the cost of, of working out of Walla Walla was higher, so they were able to relocate to Pasco. You know, it's an agency that covers from Prosser on our end all the way to, to Walla Walla College Place and up to Othello, past Connell. So okay, yeah, it's a wide geographic area with 23 school districts in it. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, you were mentioning uh, some of the kids not wanting, or parents not wanting kids. I did run into one case of that uh, in 2019 where there's an individual that chose to said no. I'm like, I'd love to spotlight you, but parents said nope. And I'm yep, like, yep, absolutely. So, okay, that makes sense. Excellent. So, I and now I, I totally can see the value of, Absolutely. of the contract. Is that going to be a, a long-term or is it a short-term? No, uh, it's a, it's a $25,000 contract for 18 months. 18. So, year and a half, um, you know, like I said, if you, if you look at the normal district cost of a large district for a communications director, you're you're looking at anywhere between $80,000 to $120,000 and then add benefits on top of that. So being able to come in at, at a $25,000 price point is a exceptionally fair rate Yes. Uh, for the amount of time that this person's gonna devote to making sure. Remember the real impetus in this is, is around communication systems within the district. Being able to create systems where people community members, parents can find out information easily about what's going on at their school and the district, and then making it easier for those folks to contact us. Um, you know, what when they have a question outside of school hours, it's not as easy as just dialing the phone and leaving a message. What are the best ways to get a hold of us through Facebook, through online, right. through our website, and then have making sure that the right people have access to those things so they can get to us those, those type of questions. It really has to become an interactive communication system between us and the community. We can put out all the good info we want to, but if we don't have a way to hear back from them in or the same manner, it really doesn't do a lot of good. And if people don't know how to get to it. So Correct. Yeah. Yes, I, <laughs> having searched a bunch of different websites, yeah, I, I definitely understand the, oh, we have it out there. Well, where? Exactly. So, okay, excellent. Uh, next question up is Ms. Hansen spoke of core reading intervention program. 
Mm -hmm. And did I understand right that many of the cases are just a small little area and that area then makes it finally pops with the kid and they're like, oh, okay, I get it. Or is there like a large amount of uh, recovery that has to happen there? Well, the, the most important first step with any, with any student is assessing their situation, assessing what they know and what they don't know. Um, I think the biggest piece, you know, for all the talk of state testing, the state testing doesn't tell us anything about whether a kid can read well. Okay, can they do math? Well, yes, but it doesn't tell us what part of math, for instance, they might be having a problem with. So with core literacy, what you're really doing is trying to diagnose if a student uh, will choose third grade, for instance. Okay. If a third grader is reading at a first grade level, that certainly tells us some stuff. Right. But it doesn't tell us where the student is having the problems. And so what the core literacy does is by uh, assessing kids in a lot of different areas all around literacy, um, we, made, we made determined that their, their true issue isn't in decoding, which is reading a word and being able to sound it out. Um, it may be in the phonics skills. It may be that their phonics skills don't allow them to, to get through the word itself so they can't even pronounce it correctly, where if you hear a word, you might understand what it is, but if you read it and can't pronounce it due to phonics problems or deficiencies, that's it's an example so like, the core literacy <laughs> diagnoses those types of issues and then the, the teachers and the paraprofessionals that are involved attack those specific issues just like in math you can't do algebra unless you have a basic understanding of of uh, number skills right um, you can't read uh, effectively if you aren't able to decode or utilize phonics or those types of things once you get that skill, oftentimes the rest of the skills are still there and you're able to shoot back up to grade level. Yeah. And that's really the, that's the core of what we talk about whenever we're talking about intervention with students. It really is about diagnosing what their problem is, where their deficiency is, and then addressing that specific thing to get them back up to grade level as soon as possible. All right, that makes sense. I when I heard intervention, I always, you think in negative connotation to me, yep. but this, you know, <laughs> this is a, a good area. I, I know in my personal life, I had a, a, a daughter who struggled for years and we finally figured out exactly what that problem was. And right. bang, now we can't get her to put a book down. So, it's, you know. Exactly. So yeah, it's definitely a, a I can see that. You, she mentioned uh, paraeducators or doing that, is there um, any other, can this be a volunteer situation or a, if there's somebody that needs a long-term, is there a volunteer capability yeah, I, to this? I think that um, there is always a need for folks who have a skill set to be able to help kids. That's, that's true anywhere you go. Um, the idea that, I mean, we can use people in a variety of different volunteer activities. Um, our paraprofessionals are trained in core literacy, as are the teachers that are in the intervention program. So they've got the background knowledge. Oftentimes, and I, I say this a lot, oftentimes what we really need more of are just people who like kids, people who want to help out. If you want to help out, we can, we can find some place for you to help out. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're always, we're always looking for volunteers, and if they have any questions about that, they can 
they can contact the, the main offices in the building so they can come down here and talk to talk to Rosario or myself here in the main office and, and we can get the ball rolling. Okay, good to know. And we'll put the phone number in the- Absolutely. Make sure to get called. Uh, next up, we have, you spoke of quarterly mailings for getting greater transparency and talking about what's going on in the district. Um, is this going to be a long term or just as this levy comes up? And when would, do you think we'd start seeing those mailings? Well, it, it's actually not a levy related issue. Okay. Um, the community, whether it's Benton City, whether it's a bigger area, whether it's on the other side of the United States, you know, we owe our community information. Um, kind of like what I was talking about with websites and social media and things. Um, but the simple fact is people need to be able to get in their mailbox every once in a while and, and get an update on what's happening in the schools and what we're doing that may be of interest to them. Um, a lot of our community doesn't have kids in school anymore. Um, a lot of our community has yet to have kids in the system. That doesn't mean that they don't still have the exact same right to know some of what's going on. Um, so this is simply uh, mirroring what has happened in other districts about us regularly communicating with with the uh, community members because what we're really looking at is as sending information to every mailing address doesn't matter if you have a student here or not um, just to give them a short and brief heads up on what are we currently working on um, what are some of the financial situations that we're working on what are we looking at doing in maintenance and operations um, you know, uh, uh, people probably don't know that, you know, we run 11 buses on a daily basis. Um, what, a, what I guarantee a lot of people don't know is uh, six out of those 11 buses are five years or newer. Um, so, what, you know, what's the process for, for bus replacement and mm. things like that? Just to give people a taste of, you know, we're, we're aware of kids and their needs, because that's the first thing that, that we're responsible for, but we really are responsible to the bigger community as far as making sure that, that we are aligned with, with the community's interests and making sure that we're covering all the bases. Good, I, I would have loved that in the previous school districts I was in, mm -hmm. and so I'm, I'm excited about this. Um, do you have a timeline on when we'll start seeing those? Yeah, ide ideally, um, I mean, we're working on the first publication right now. Okay. And I have no problem in saying it's going to be brief. It may be as simple as a little postcard that we send out to everybody to give them. Give hi. Them, yeah, <laughs> hi, we're here. Um, but just to remind them, this is your school. This is your school district. This is kind of what we got going right now. Did you know? Give them a couple current, current events, current facts. And then say for more information, you can contact Pete or you contact your building principal or, or send us an email. And, and how do you go about that? Where can you find us? Well, you know, the, I imagine there are a lot of people that don't go out looking for the Facebook page for Kiona Benton City School District number 52 just randomly. Right. Um, but there are some people who probably have Facebook that don't know we have a Facebook page. Well, what is it? Well, here you go. Yep. Here's our website. Here's the superintendent's email. Here's the superintendent's cell phone number. By all means, we're here to serve the general population, general pub public. So 
it's just it's a it's one of those areas that um, I think is easy for a community to overlook um, or for a school system to overlook, but it's vitally important because um, it, it's kind of the old story of if if you don't have the right information, somebody's going to make up the wrong information. Well, we want to give you access to what is truly happening and some of the conversations we're having. Yeah, I I can definitely see the value of that. Um, well, night and day understanding in my own world. So mm -hmm. having that letter is going to be very nice. And I guess running back to that, an, our initial uh, question of the ESD coming in, I, mm -hmm. that I believe is valuable. Then getting out there, the communicate, you know, letting the public know we have all this available. Please check yep. it out, please. Well, yeah. and, and to, to piggyback on one of your points earlier, this really is something that this is not a, um, <clears throat> it's not a short-term thing. It's simply, this is how we should do business. All right. And I think once the community starts to see it, not only will they, they appreciate it, but I think they'll come to expect it. So this isn't something that's gonna, oh, it's, a, it's the neatest thing we're gonna roll out for a couple of years and then move on. No, this is communication with the community is integral to our success. Um, and it's quite frankly, it's integral to our community's success. Um, People want to be a part of the community where they know that their their schools are responsible and, and answerable for, for questions that they have. This is just another means to try and reinforce that. Okay, excellent. All right, last topic. We do have the levy. Um, <coughs> levy is coming up quickly. Yes, it is. Uh, April 27th will be, that's election day. Oh my word, that, uh, a quick turnaround there. Mm-hmm. You mentioned during the board meeting uh, having small group meetings. Yep. Um, first off is how can someone arrange one of those small group meetings, uh, followed by, of course, uh, what are basic requirements to have that meeting? Right. Well, I, one of the things that I have felt is missing, and of course it's been exacerbated uh, simply with COVID and the pandemic, is the fact that I'm a and you know this about me because I've said it several times in our conversations. Right. I, I relate very well with people, but I prefer an in-person type of scenario. Yep. <laughs> um, I'd rather be sitting here with you with a mask on than on a Zoom without a mask. But that's, that's just the way that I am as a person. And I really feel it's important to give people a personal connection um, and not just see something on video, not just see something in print if they want the opportunity. Okay. And so that's that's the main point in saying, if you would like to have me speak to a small group of people, and when I say small group, what I really mean is, you know, if, if we were to, to take a look at how many people could I get in this conference room, for instance, well, we'd be limited to five. Right. <laughs> at the most. <laughs> at the most, yeah. Um, you probably heard, have heard me say, you know, um, if you live in the ag community and in a farming community, and you want me to come out and speak to 10 people and it's out in the shop, I'm perfectly comfortable doing that too. So the really the only restriction is just around the, the size of the group of people that we can have. Okay. Um, but I also want it to be not, um, not as um, scripted, quite frankly. All right. I want people to tell me what's on their mind and I'm gonna tell them the best answer that I have that's in my mind. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about a lot of facts. I'm not going to give you a lot of um, 
a lot of uh, flowery stuff. I'm going to tell you how things are and agree, disagree, indifferent, excited, whatever, however you choose to respond to it is it's going to be the information that I give you because uh, people deserve that. And so I guess my point was in making that statement with the board is, you know, one of the offers that I have to have asked the board to consider is for each of them to participate in some type of an in-person gathering with a small number of folks that they know where I and that board member can meet with them. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me again. Um, and this would be just a, a logical progression of that is, you know, if you are a member of the community and, and you've got a group of people that you can put five or six in a room and everybody's following the mandates that we're forced to follow, unfortunately, I'm more than happy to come out and talk to them. Okay. I mean, it doesn't have to be simply a public group or a or anybody with a fancy name in front of their, their meeting. Um, it can be a group of concerned people that just want some answers. And uh, that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really it. It quite frankly, it's what the whole coffee with the superintendent was intended to to uh, do when we first started this at the very and ironically about a week <laughs> on ago, March. Yeah. <laughs> on, in March was the opportunity for people to come to a non-threatening situation, not, you know, it's not like you're getting sent to the office when you go see right. the superintendent. Um, to put us in a position where we can have a cup of coffee or, or whatever and have a conversation. I think it's, I think it's vitally important um, that those, pers those personal connections uh, between the schools and the community happen. So I'm up, I'm up for, I think I said at the board meeting, anywhere between 5.30 and 10 o'clock. Those are kind of my hours that, that I could be somewhere. I'd obviously prefer to be a little later in the day <laughs> or earlier, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, I've, I've gone out at, at times that make sense for the most people. Okay. Uh, do you plan to have one large town hall type conversation or are you going to focus on the small? No, I think we're going to have to do some larger type. Um, the unfortunate part for me again, my preference is that type of a situation is going to have to be electronic. So it's going to have All to right. be in a zoom in a microsoft teams in some type of digital format to be able to get that number of people together um it is what it is though we we need to do it because uh, for no other reason we need to hear from people i mean i think one of the the classic um classic excuses was well i didn't know um well we got to stop saying i don't know uh for whatever <laughs> the reason is we need to give people the opportunity to tell us yeah bottom line now, if we go and have a bunch of these and everybody, does, no one shows up, that doesn't mean we're going to stop trying. Right, it just means right. that, that for whatever reason, that that format or that time or that day didn't work for some. Um, you know, like we had talked about at the, at the first coffee with the superintendent, whether it's a early in the morning because there are a, a group of people out there that, you know, will get together. Uh, even socially at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, there's another group that'd prefer a 5 o'clock. Yep. Um, so we can be flexible with that. All right. Well, hopefully soon. Exactly. <laughs> we'll be able to start meeting in person. I, I won't lie. I'm looking around for an outdoor type place where yep. we could have a roof over our head, but still be able to have plenty of airflow to yep. meet the requirements there and have that. Absolutely. Because I, I definitely would like to start seeing more people involved with this because, yep. well, uh, Quite frankly, we, I put out questions 
and every so often I'll get a, I'll get a question back and it's like, yeah, an in-person environment would be a lot better. I'm, you know, I come up with these questions simply as I'm going through and taking notes through the meeting. Somebody else might have something that yeah. they would rather ha have talked about or, you know, I'm missing something because I, I know too much about that topic so I don't ask the question. Yep, absolutely. And those really, I mean, some of the best thing, uh, and it's kind of like I, I was, we were talking about earlier, you get kids back and the conversations change because right. now we are able to talk about the, some of the really important stuff about how do we get your kids' reading areas improved? How do we get their math skills improved? How do we, how do we prepare them for college or career, depending on which case, which, which uh, thing they choose? Right. Those are the important conversations, but the one, some of the best ones are the ones that are kind of off the cuff and maybe fly a little bit off to the right <laughs> a little, um, because those are the, obviously questions like that are, are important to people. And if they're important enough to ask it, I'd, yeah, I'll give it a shot at, at giving you a, an honest answer. Right. All right. And I would hope you'd be a person that would say, well, I don't have the answer today, but I will get back to you. And I've seen that happen yep. <clears throat> during board meetings, so I, I I think that would happen in a in person as well. So, well, yeah, I mean, um, you know, and, and you can ask board members. I've said this to them. I'm not not the smartest person in the room just because I'm the superintendent. Um, one of the things that we try and teach kids is if you don't know the answer, how do you find it? And that's that's the exact way that that our leadership, whether it's in schools or in business or anything, if you don't know the answer to something, admit it, and then go find the answer for it. Definitely, definitely. Well, those are all the questions I have for today. I think. Well, we're actually right on that uh, wrap-up time. Yep. So, you got any closing thoughts for us, or? No, uh, just that you know, I, I I really appreciate you being willing to come down so we can do this in person. It means a lot to me. But I I would encourage people. Um, you know, I I have my email out there. Um, I do regular communications with with the West County Times and and different things like that. If you have a if you have a question and you think that's just not important enough to ask, trust me, it's important enough if if you're thinking of it. Right. Drop me an email. You know, call, uh, see if I'm available. If I'm not around, leave me a voicemail. I'll get back to you on it. Okay. Not a problem. Excellent. Thank you. Absolutely.